0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget gadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts. Or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget.
1: What's up, Internet? And welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar.
0: I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
1: And today, it's all about Samsung. So much Samsung. Five different Oof. devices from Samsung. So you're going to get tired of hearing us saying Samsung. 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 All day. All day. This is going to be a jam-packed episode because of Samsung's... Uh, galaxy unpacked mm-hmm. event mm-hmm. that's the name of it right yeah I'm um bad. we were trying to come up with a better name for that but it is a deluge of tons and tons of products shirlin's gonna be talking about her pixel 4a review which Woo. sounds like the perfect the perfect 350 phone we got a couple other things to dive into a little bit of uh microsoft and tiktok and whatever is happening there and yep. actually that's related to the trump administration and trying to co- I don't know, control more Chinese companies. There's an iMac refresh to talk about. Disney's putting Mulan in Disney Plus. It has been a jam packed week. I'm tired. I'm, I'm so ragged. tired. It's Thursday morning. And yeah. yeah, I feel for you, Sherlyn. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes because that's super helpful. And if you'd like to watch us record this thing live, join us Thursdays around 10 a.m. on the Engadget YouTube channel. Uh, we'll put up posts about that too, but that's a chance for you to join in and you know talk with us as we're discussing these episodes, see some behind the scenes action. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to having a lot of back and forth with people. So Samsung Unpacked 2020, Sherlin, What? <sighs> first of all, let's let's talk on a broader level. What was this event like for you, just to prepare for and just experience? Because normally it's you and Chris Velasco you know, hopping in a plane, either flying somewhere or going to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, which, uh, oh man, I miss, I first of all, I already miss living in New York, but that place was so close to me. And I yep. I still have not had to attend a tech event there. So annoying. The one time, it... the one time I live next to a good tech venue. <laughs> but how was the event overall for you?
0: I mean, it was nice to be able to do it from home. Uh, I didn't want to Usually an event like this requires, if we're flying to a different city for this, uh, we would get up in whatever time zone, get ready and go wait in line for an hour and a half, and then be allowed into the venue and then wait another hour for the event to start. So we typically, let's say the event starts at 10 a.m. We're both up at like 6, um, but <laughs> the around 6 or 7, we have to get up and then spend three hours getting waiting in line or waiting around for the show to start. So this time around, it was really nice to do it from home. I don't know if moving forward, that'll be a preferred option, but you know, I was also able to just live stream. So we we didn't talk a lot during the uh, Samsung event itself, but we had a post show on the Engadget YouTube channel. You can go watch uh, that, it's still there if you want to. And yeah, it's much better than having to live blog, which (laughs) if you've ever seen me at a show, you probably think I'm a monster because I yeah. don't talk to people. I'm just like, don't talk to me. I am typing down everything that's being said on stage. Let, let's um, just
1: take a step back here too, because what <laughs> a live blog. Listen, if you're if you're an Engadget reader or a listener, you probably have seen us be doing you know live blogs for yep. decades, like or at least the past. Uh, 15 years, how long has wow. it been, it's been around so long? Yeah. Um, but live blogging has been like it was the de facto way to cover a live event because you're just basically transcribing what people are saying, taking right. photos real quick. Uh, I think we're beginning to feel that maybe the live blog is a little outdated because everybody's streaming their own yep. events. Yep. So why yep. would, you know, why would a reader go to us watching, you know, static photos and everything? So right. we're doing these commentaries over. Their live streams, which I think is more modern, a little more yeah. accessible for a lot of people, and the so value that, that we
0: can the value that we can provide there, it's tough because you have to manage, um, you know, letting between letting Samsung speak. And also adding your own context and opinion in the moment. And for me, I think the value is because I've been briefed before Samsung's event, I know typically more than the average viewer. Mm -hmm. uh, And Samsung doesn't go into all the details during a stream either. It's going to tell you a very powerful processor, but it's not going to tell you the model during its live stream. So that's where I can jump in and quickly say that's the Snapdragon 865 Plus, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, overall, the event was good. I mean, we had the support of our video team as well, who seriously kudos to them. Power outage and still trooping on, so Mm -hmm. and and this wasn't
1: entirely a virtual event, too, right? Because I know Chris uh also went in and took a meeting and got to see some phones in person, so yeah, so we had.
0: We, we were able to get a preview of some of the devices beforehand. We had um, everything ready to go at 10 a.m., the start of the announcement, and we had hands-ons with the Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra. Well, not really hands-ons. I mean, it was a very controlled environment, so mm-hmm. we had but like, it, video like, content.
1: Unlike other events, right? You, it's not just us kind of seeing stuff virtually. It, it You can get your hands right. on. You can actually we, like feel it.
0: Yeah, Samsung had to go to great lengths to kind of plan <laughs> it out for us to to try these events out beforehand. Uh, and try doing these devices it securely
1: and everything. Yeah,
0: with all the safety procedures they needed to, and they were they were. I think they did it well. I mean, they did mm-hmm. ask for feedback ahead of time, and I was like, you should, "Yeah, do it this way." Not <laughs> everyone, that.
1: everyone is just uh, you know, making it up as they go along. Let's talk about these yes. devices though, because yes, yes. weirdly, I feel like the one that is most um, exciting. Is the one we didn't actually get to see ahead of time because I don't even know how much how real it is at this point, and that is the Galaxy Z Fold Two, Woo! the third folding phone yes. from Samsung, the second the third fold model. Like yeah. it's it's also very confusing, right? Because the first fold was <laughs> essentially a prototype that was a disaster of a launch. It was so expensive, fell apart so quickly. They, yeah, you can go back and read up all on that stuff. Mm-hmm, but the Galaxy mm-hmm. Z Flip felt like more of a like a more polished product it seems like they learned a lot from their mistakes and the z fold 2 seems like okay a lot of what they learned from the galaxy uh z flip is going Mm -hmm. into this phone Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts shalyn because you've reviewed some of these and you have explored them at least
0: i'm super hyped for these right to your point i mean one Mm -hmm. of the things that is going to be a theme during this episode is samsung's naming standards are just really confusing this is the z fold 2 now the original (laughs) fold was just a galaxy fold Galaxy Somewhere fold. they decided to add the Z and call the Z flip the Z flip. And now it's the Z fold two. So that's just kind of a mishmash of everything. And anyway. also it's
1: it's like they don't have spaces in their names anymore. So it's like Galaxy Z fold two. Fold two. Fold two. That's <laughs> one word. Folding um, to what? Anyway. I don't know.
0: Naming aside, this is by all appearances a vast improvement over the original fold again based on just what we've seen so far it's got a much bigger 6.2 inch screen on the outside when the fold is folded when the z fold 2 is folded (laughs) upon itself when you open up the screen you've got more of a 7.6 or 7.8 inch display that's a, a similar size i think to the original fold which was coming in at about eight inches and uh it's got a nice kind of punch hole camera in the opened up screen uh rather than this kind of like notch boat thing that was in the original fold so the style of it the design looks more refined than before <laughs> they're also saying they're using this utg this ultra thin glass that they had used on the z flip yeah which was important yeah. because it you it made the Z Flip feel a lot smoother on the surface of the screen than the fold, which felt kind of plasticky. And in fact, back then I think they were using plastic too, with because glass doesn't fold, and Samsung had to invent this whole new thing. They say, uh, which is really <laughs> glass, but it's ultra thin. It's thinner really, really thin than a human hair. Which doesn't yeah.
1: sound. And that's mainly for the feel of it because the plastic feel yeah. of the Galaxy Fold screen was not great for swiping You could and feel
0: components through the screen as Ooh. you're scrolling. Yeah, you Ooh. could feel like little mechanism things under the screen, yes. <laughs>
1: that's fun. But also a thin layer of glass I don't think really adds much protection, right? How did you feel about the Z Flip?
0: I liked the Z Flip. The Z Mm -hmm. Flip actually felt sturdy. It felt like Samsung had learned a lot of lessons from what Chris Velasco called a very public experiment, right? It was basically (laughs) a public experiment. The worst Um, sorts of experiments. Yeah. (laughs) But sad to the people who spent thousands of dollars buying the public experiment. But anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So Samsung learned a lot of lessons, implemented it in, with the Z Flip, where they basically, you know, had to make sure the screen was tucked under all the bezel bits that cover the screen. <laughs> they made improvements to the hinge, which we're gonna get to in a little bit, mm-hmm. but that prevents dust from getting in and breaking the hinge, which means you then get stuck with a half-open or a closed device. It
1: should, it should, but yeah.
0: It yeah. So so this uh these improvements were made to the Z Flip that I. I just loved it. I also just love mm-hmm. the old school nostalgia value to it of having that very Motorola Razor like feel of flipping over and open a phone. Sure, account. sure. I mean, it was poor, yeah.
1: poor Motorola in there. <laughs> their razor reboot like that's oh man samsung I just did bad. it better unfortunately they Did it much better
0: you know what yeah good good on samsung good for you samsung like i mean sad that you're yeah. crushing your competition like this but good mm-hmm. for you for learning for you. from all these mistakes and here's
1: the thing like it sounds like i typically rag on samsung what i do is i rag on first generation products from everybody yep. but i think samsung compared to a lot of other companies samsung needs like two or three generations to really get a handle of its products, right? I think the Galaxy phones, like the original mm-hmm. Galaxy phones, it wasn't until the S3 where things were really good. And you're like, right. oh, this is an iPhone competitor. The, and I feel like
0: the S5 was like, ooh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Apple still takes like at least one generation to get things right. But I think by the second gen, you know, Apple tends to speed up. And they also don't prototype in in public, which seems bad. Um, but let's talk about more about these changes for the Z Fold two. And I'll they're pretty much all from the Z Flip because yes. the hinge thing, one thing we learned from the the Galaxy Fold is that, that you have a screen that folds. When you have it open a little, that means there's a gap. That means yep. there's stuff that yep. can get in, dust can get in. For reviewers, they saw that that quickly could destroy the hinge of the original fold. So they added this like vacuum cleaner-esque brush to the <laughs> Z Flip to keep dust out. They say for the Z Fold 2 it's a little smaller and thinner, but it's the same basic concept that it blocks dusk, but it also like, will self-clean the phone too or self-clean the hinge. Here's the thing. I don't know how much we can trust Samsung about this because I fix it, tore apart the Z Flip. <laughs> and the first thing they saw was like, that's a ton of crap in the in hinge. In the brush, yeah. Yeah, that the brush didn't block or clean out. So yeah. I don't think it's foolproof.
0: I don't think it's foolproof. I think maybe the brush is in there just to provide some sort something. of something yeah ease of movement in the hinge when there is dust in there i don't know um but the idea is that also to your point right like when dust or grit gets in the hinge mechanism then when you open your screen you're gonna hear something like Kah! you know what i mean Ooh. like there's there's pieces in there they're gonna like grind on each other and on the parts of the phone you don't want that to happen so the the guard kind of makes that a little bit easier. I'm not entirely sure it's going to work, obviously. I've not touched the Z Fold right. 2. And uh, the, the Z Flip did feel nice. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have very limited time with it. But during that limited time, and I know people who are still using the Z Flip 2 today, like almost, what is it, like really? six months People now, yeah. who
1: aren't like tech reviewers? No, or they are tech reviewers. People? But they've yeah. been
0: using it daily. I find me a normal a person
1: with one no, of these No, there is none.
0: There is none because that it's way too expensive. Exist. And we'll get to that. <laughs> But um, the 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 Z brush seems to work in daily life in on the Z Flip. Maybe that's just sure. an easier device because it's smaller too, right? There are challenges with a bigger screen and a bigger hinge. But um, the other thing that I am very interested in about the Z Fold two—I'm so confused with the names—the <laughs> Z Fold two is that that screen is not just bigger, the one that you open up, uh, mm-hmm. the bigger eight-inch screen. It's also 120 hertz. I believe in AMOLED. Mm. Um which it's is nice. crazy. You they just debuted that on the Note 20 Ultra, which we'll also mm-hmm. get to in a bit, but not on the Note 20, which is oh, blasphemy. Uh. But but yeah, 120 hertz screen on the Galaxy Z Fold 2 And that seems like the
1: the thing, the hot thing we'll be seeing in more phones is faster refresh rates going beyond 60 hertz. That really does make a difference. Like if you're used to using any device, really a normal screen or your smartphone, we're all used to 60 hertz. Once you see anything beyond that, it is it is like, butter. it is it is kind of amazing. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and
1: the outside screen is a little bigger too, right? It's not just yes. like a little
0: sliver. Oh, it's, it's a nice no, big screen. No, not it the whole front. Yeah, it's finally so. looking like it's going to be usable, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the design looks refined to the point where if it's folded in half and you hold it like it's a regular candy bar phone, I guess, um, it doesn't look <laughs> like it's a chunky, you know, like couple of candy bars stuck together It's kind mm-hmm. of situation. Okay. Um, it looks it's going like to be an nice. interesting
1: year for dual screen phones because the Surface Duo is still on track to come this year. And that is Microsoft's like really cool courier style booklet. So, oh, I'm looking forward to this competition. I'm not looking forward to the price for the Z Fold 2. No, no one is.
0: I I will say that we don't know a lot about the Z Fold 2 just yet, right? All we know is the new screen sizes, the 120 Hertz refresh rate, the new color and whatever. Samsung teased that on September 1st, there will be more news to share about the mm-hmm. Z Fold too. So, obviously, Ed and Gadget will have the news for you too. So, come back and check it out. Um, but, things, details like the price haven't been shared. But we can make educated guesses. Sure. All right. The
1: Fold was expensive. The original the fold, fold was
0: somewhere around $2,400, $2,300, $2,400. Um, okay. Which, ouch. Then the ouch. Z Flip was around more like $1,800, $1,600. <laughs>
1: An affordable. Eighteen hundred dollar phone. <laughs> still,
0: still sure. for some people, a month rent, right? A month's rent. Um, if so you're lucky, I, yeah. I know. I would mm-hmm. expect the Z Fold 2 to be north of twenty five hundred dollars, mm, just because it's nicer. But Samsung, I feel realistically,
1: they need to stick between $2,000 2500 Like we cannot keep it pushing has to be on the lower end. This yeah. boundary, it is insane. I don't recommend two thousand dollar computers to people, let yeah. alone a $2,000 laptop, so, oh my
0: gosh. A laptop yeah. doesn't even cost that much. My
1: favorite laptop's easily under between twelve and 1500 yeah. bucks. you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So I so, want to say, yeah. I, maybe Samsung's going to hear a lot of the feedback because there's been a lot of criticism online, but maybe Samsung's going to hear some of this and be like, okay, we're going to make it cheaper. Here it is at nineteen ninety nine, no. And that's still very expensive, but I guess... That, that's
1: old Samsung that used to like really you know, push, push the boundaries on, on margins and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think new high-tech Samsung that's actually at the top of the field will, will do that. They're yeah, just they're- like, deal with it. You want, you want this cool phone? Just give me $2,500. <laughs> give me Which, whatever I say.
0: And to your point about early generation devices, right? The original Fold, I like you, you know, always caution against using first gen devices. The Galaxy Z Fold 2 technically is a third gen device at this point and looks really nice, but if you hold out one more year, you're going to get a much better device anyway, so you might as well Just wait.
1: hold out. Just hold out. Save Okay, that so money. What, about, what about the phones people can actually get, which are also yeah. still pretty expensive, Good but Lord. I think maybe more reasonable. The Note 20, the Note 20s, I, two of them. I,
0: yeah, there are two, two Note 20s. Let's break them down, okay? We've got the Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra. The Note 20 Ultra is the big boy. Okay, it's got a mm-hmm. 6.9 inch screen, 120 hertz refresh rate, powered by the Snapdragon 865 Plus. It's got the you know quad sensor array, you know quad cameras or something like that, similar to the S20 Ultra, where there is a space zoom feature. Um, and then you've got the S Pen, right, which has been improved to have a latency of nine milliseconds. And okay. together That's with good. the yeah, together with the 120 hertz refresh rate, that makes for like makes your writing just feel like it's flying, right? When you're writing on mm-hmm. the screen, there's it feels like there's almost literally no delay, which for me as an S Pen user in the past, I've never really even had a problem with the older sure. latency rates. So this is going to be much it's better. It's one I'm of those hidden
1: benefits it. of faster response rates that I don't, we keep saying like you have to see these things to really understand how yeah. it makes the phone screen better. But I can understand like with a stylus, like that is all about the instance of detecting when you're hitting the screen and how you're moving the, the actual pen. I think Apple did a good job with the iPad Pro Mm because the iPad Pros um, also had higher refresh rate screens and combined with the pencil, they did a good job of interacting with that. My favorite, the thing I think feels the best though, is the Surface stuff because they put a lot of work into the actual Surface Pen and the tips (laughs) and the tips, like making the tips feel like they're pens, pen on paper, is the experience I want. Yeah. (laughs)
0: We talked about this when we were preparing for the show today. Uh-huh. And I just feel like I've tried all three styli. Sure. Well, no, actually not so much time with the pencil, which I hear is a very good stylus. But I have spent time with the S Pen, which is the and and the S Pen for tablets, which is a bit bigger, more like mm-hmm. a real pen, more like the Surface Pen. Um, and also the Surface Pen, and I always feel like the Surface Pen has this kind of a draggy sense to it. Maybe it's because of the screen that I'm using it they, on. They
1: they added some like that's the thing. They added resistance to that screen so that it's not just super smooth and loopy because when you write on paper like that to me that's the experience they're trying to get is like okay if i'm jotting down notes you feel the friction of your pen on paper i don't i don't want to just feel zipping through glass you know
0: and that's fine i mean everyone has their preferences i will say i like the s-pen experience it's been very smooth it's been very responsive what Mm. i want samsung to work on now is fix your palm rejection oh my gosh (laughs) That hey, really it's only
1: been nearly ten years since they've been making <laughs> these smartphones. They still haven't fixed that with like the Note series, because like the whole point of the Note is that you're holding it; it's a big phone, holding it in your hand while you're jotting down notes. It's the... still having palm issues.
0: N- well, it's I I'm and I'm shouting out more to the my last experience with an S Pen, which was the Galaxy Tab S6 Lite. Now that device, sure. the palm rejection needed work. I don't generally have palm rejection issues on a Note because I'm not like. This is the, I'm not hold, putting my palm down on right, the note while right. I'm drawing with the S Pen. So actually palm rejection might not be as important on a phone, but on a tablet, like the Tab S6 and the Tab S7 and S7 Plus that we're going to talk about later, mm. palm rejection is very important. That's mm. one thing where Samsung software falls short, but they introduced some new software, okay, with the, <laughs> with the new it's S a whole Pen. whole bunch of stuff. Oh let's, my gosh.
1: So what about the Note 20s? We got 5G is that we've got 5g across
0: the line Um, is that
1: standard or do you have to like go for the 5g option it's standard
0: across both devices uh this time around and i mean good good on if you're a person that's looking to buy one of the note 20s this year you're likely going to expect 5g because the note line is for power users early adopters now it is a travesty (laughs) though that (laughs) samsung is Uh selling the note 20 the smaller version for 9.99 starting price and it's a plastic back like Ooh, we okay. have a video up chris velasco did a very good um editorial take on that saying that this is just it's a qu- questionable how position. dare you how could you it's a thousand dollar phone with a plastic back a 60 hertz screen because the mm. 120 hertz screen is only on the larger note ultra the Note 20 ultra the s- smaller one gets a 60 hertz screen plastic back and some other important differences Uh, I was reading the comments on that video that we put out uh, on this topic yesterday, and everyone seemed to agree. All the Note users, Note users demand more from their Mm -hmm. phones. It's supposed to be
1: the premium premium above the standard Galaxy line. So that is wild to me. Let's just take a rewind to 5G, by the way. You're saying 5G across the line. What does that mean for consumers? That means for the few people who have 5G access, they can walk down like a city block and have very fast <laughs> internet. But if they turn left or turn right, they're going to start to have trouble. Right? Oh, Our I 5G mean, depends coverage on... is still bad.
0: I mean, yeah, again, yeah. there are people who were asking me on Twitter about the Pixel 4a and 5G and why it doesn't right. have 5G. And there are people for whom 5G is important because either they're going to hold on to their phones for the next two or three years and they want to be able sure, to sure. use it when the networks come on, um, or they just really are in a city already having good 5G coverage. Good for you, okay? But... Mm. It depends to Devendra's point, right? If your experience is going to be good or bad, it depends on the type of 5G that you're experiencing. So, T Mobile did announce, I think this week, that it's launching, it's got its first standalone 5G network all online. But bear in mind that T Mobile largely uses Sub 6, which is just a step above 4G LTE. It's not mm-hmm. that much bigger, better, it's 25% faster speeds. Millimeter wave 5G, which is where it's at, and you'll hear this called ultra wide band on some carriers. Um, is the one where you're going to see vast improvements. But to the Venture's point, it's hard to maintain a signal to... You need a line, line, of line of sight.
1: You need line of sight.
0: And a lot of the technologies yeah. that we were promised that would help manage this connection, like beamforming, beam tracking, aren't uh, actually on devices just yet. So it does uh, seem uh, like uh, let, let me just
1: explain line of sight. Line of sight literally means you need to be able to see a cell tower to get a signal. So if you have one of these 5G phones, hey, sure, maybe go to a street corner you know wink at your 5g tower get some fast speeds you go back home you go anywhere else Yeah. um, you're out of that range yeah you're back to 4g basically coverage is coverage is
0: very very finicky on millimeter wave 5g but i feel like 5g is the least trouble like the least worrying at least of my concerns when it comes to do you think it's a
1: feature that should be in these phones i guess for the premium ones but for a mid-range for a 700 or 800 phone should it even be there at for this me, point. no.
0: For me, for a phone uh-huh. that I'm not going to pay a lot of money for, like, for the 4A, I don't need 5G, okay? Right, right. But for people who are buying the Note, who want that high-end experience, yeah, why not? Like, it's, Well, I think it's,
1: the yeah, why not means, like, that's a battery, like, that radio is stronger, right? It's more powerful. Like, who knows what the battery hit is going to be. It will
0: take a hit on, on the stuff. battery and, yeah. you know... I, I guess like and samsung also put in bigger batteries on these notes but i kind of listen yeah. i know 5g is problematic but there's so much to talk about on the note 20 there's there so, much so much to, to talk about explain we, to. we'll have
1: to do a 5g episode but i do think um, we already
0: did a 5g episode
1: well, no like another one you have to keep doing it I because know. now the decision is like these phones are coming But is your decision between, do you want to be prepared for 5G or do you want better battery life by sticking with 4G, which is still fast for you? So anyway, anything else about the, what is the Note 20 Ultra? How is it different? Because that is a nearly seven inch screen. That's insane.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So I didn't like the S20 Ultra because it was a huge phone. It just feels, yeah. it's so heavy. It's so it's hard seven, to use. It's a
1: seven inch screen. That's a tablet. That this used to six, be Android yeah. tablets.
0: The Note 20 Ultra is a mm-hmm. 6.9 inch screen. And mm-hmm. yeah, they even threw out the word phablet during the keynote. Oh, um, yeah. It's a, I mean, again, 120 hertz display. It'll be nice to play games on. And to that point, sure. Samsung, <laughs> gosh, they pulled up Phil Spencer, Phil... Did I get yep, that name? Head right? of Xbox. So, head of Xbox to talk yeah. about Xbox Game Pass, which is one of the I mean, during the live stream when that happened, me and Chris Velasco on our live stream went, oh Still oh. Spencer is here? Well, also
1: Game Pass and xCloud, <laughs> and which is xCloud. the main thing. And xCloud so, is the like streaming game service that's going to be launching later this year yes. for Game Pass subscribers. Yes, that and so if you pre-order
0: cool. if you pre-order the Note20 uh, Ultra with the bundle, you're going to get three months free of xCloud when it's live. You're going to be one of the f- nice. first people to be able to try that out. Now It's like I
1: a $45 was, value, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was very interested mm-hmm. to see Microsoft collaborate so tightly with Samsung here because the other thing about the Note launch is It's multitasking productivity mm-hmm. prowess. And Microsoft has worked with Samsung to get good integration with Office tools like Word, PowerPoint, and Excel on these phones through, um, I guess, DEX. And we'll get to <laughs> DEX later on. But um, yeah, there's so, so much to talk
1: about. There cursing you, Samsung. a
0: lot to talk about. Oh, One episode. This episode is going to be long, y'all. So if it's you want to come long. back take a break come back and listen <laughs> that's fine but the microsoft collaboration i'll get to a bit deeper when i talk mm-hmm. about the tablet but it's very sure. intriguing to me that microsoft chose to team up with samsung and not with google to kind of make android work better mm-hmm. as a multitasking uh, os but i feel can like see this could
1: be yeah, this could be microsoft's first step but yeah what is next what's the next gadget
0: I mean, if we talk, about... it's a clean seg right into the Tab S7 and the S7 Plus. I already have a hands-on with it. I can tell you, I've touched this thing. It's beautiful. <laughs> Holy crap! I mean, it, it's I in my article I called it the Rolls Royce of Android tablets.
1: I mean, it's the only which is a low Android bar, right? Left. It's a very it's low bar. The only bar one because, left.
0: No, yeah. no, there's still Huawei making some nice mm-hmm. made pads. Can I buy them um, in the US? That are not available in the US. No, yeah. so in the US. It's your best premium Android because Google stopped yeah. making tablets anyway. Um, it feels really good that screen on the S7 Plus, which is the unit that I receive, is a 12.4 inch, 120 hertz Super AMOLED. So. Mm-hmm. This thing looks beautiful. I have been using it to draw. I've been watching some things, on some videos on it. It's gorgeous. That wallpaper that Samsung very cleverly put in there just pops <laughs> right off the screen. Um, it also comes with a improved keyboard case. I have had major issues with Samsung's mm-hmm. tablet keyboard cases for a while, mostly because they're just sometimes flimsy, but very crammed, not very usable. You also have... Um, with the new Tab S7s, you've got larger screens, right? There are two models. The S7 is an 11-inch LCD, though, so that's sad. Wait,
1: what? I know,
0: I know. It's, Aren't it's...
1: haven't all the tabs up until now been AMOLED? No, is that the, the whole point?
0: The light uh, that was just released light, earlier yeah. this year was not, but the yeah, the more premium ones have always been super AMOLED. This is
1: weird. So this is the second like premium feature Samsung kind of stepped back from in its exactly. premium lines.
0: it's very strange, right? That is weird. Know. It's, huh. a, it's a tale of two tablets. It's a tale Listen, of two phones. Listen, I still
1: have a Galaxy Tab S2 sitting around um, that I had I reviewed too. back in the day. But when they launched those things, they had gorgeous AMOLED screens. Like, compared yeah. to the iPad, those screens were so bright and beautiful. Yes, and um, they're still and they still gorgeous. hold up today. Yeah. So yeah. very weird to see Samsung going back there. Yeah.
0: Um, but anyhow back to the mm. point I uh, about the keyboard covers right with the you know, older Samsung tablets in recent years tend to be 10 inch tablets 10.5 inch now we've got an 11 inch on the S7 a 12.4 inch on the S7 plus and correspondingly mm. these keyboard cases are larger which means more room for sure. actual space like well spaced keys and a good layout so the Do they
1: actually feel good to type on
0: Oh my lord so I have it here with me and i will be showing this on the live stream but i also do want to do a little bit of sound effect on the <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast um i'm gonna do this i have the keyboard keyboard here.
1: feedback sounds
0: the keyboard this feedback is a very
1: sounds. uh surface looking cover yeah, and keyboard.
0: it's a very surface looking the, the the keys here they mm-hmm. i mean i was surprised they were very they had a lot of travel there's a lot of um mm-hmm. res- feedback it's clickier than i'm used to and it's
1: clickier it's- and yeah, I can see actual depth and yes. uh, keyboard ASMR is a thing that doesn't oh. exist yet, but as I'm, I'm thinking about it, I would probably it. really enjoy it. Yeah, that's how I but judge my keyboards.
0: This keyboard feels really good. I can tell you this, okay. if it, the typing on it was really nice. The trackpad is a little wider than before because of the more the added real estate, but it still feels like a t- trackpad on a keyboard case um mm-hmm. it's not one that you like it's not comparable to something on a laptop where it, sometimes it's glass sure, covered and it sure. feels so much smoother and better but it works my bigger so now that samsung <laughs> feels like it's really improved with the keyboard cover uh-huh. my main issue and i've had this issue with uh, samsung's tablets that are trying to be two in ones in the past dex mode woo,
1: dex mode
0: woo, i get it i get it tr- you're trying sexy, not
1: so sexy i don't know
0: that's, That's my not headline. Not That's yeah. really good. The I've been
1: arguing for to kill Dex for a while because it's Me it's not great. Yeah, too.
0: My main and you know what? Kudos on Samsung to Samsung for trying to iterate over and over again. Sure. Um, but it's still, it still needs a lot of work, right? One of so the what, new things. What they, is,
1: yeah. What is Dex mode at a broad level?
0: On a broad level, Dex mode is this desktop interface. This desktop. UI uh, that runs on top of Android. So when you activate it, in the past, you had to activate it yourself. When you activate mm-hmm. it, it brings up, uh, instead of like a home screen with all your app icons littered all over the page with your clock widget at the top, it looks more like a Windows desktop where right, you have right. you know app icons lined up on the left, sort of a app launcher at the bottom left, and then a taskbar and all of that stuff. And then you can run, you know, apps in floating windows on this mode. You can layer the windows. We've recreated the
1: twenty-year-old desktop OS paradigm. I mean, yeah, and this has
0: right, and this has been on Dex for years, right? A couple years at the very least, and it's still largely the same. But Dex this time around got one of a few (laughs) updates, which is wireless sync to a Samsung Smart TV, and I'm just like. I don't that's use- a so
1: that's TV. useful. That's useful compared okay, to I'm where glad, Dex was before.
0: I'm glad but you, it's you still find it. Kind useful. of
1: something you have to have a Samsung TV and you have to yeah. have probably a newish Samsung TV to make this work. But before, especially when they first started talking about Dex on the phone, it was hey, <laughs> plug your phone into oh, your yeah. monitor and then yeah. you can plug in a keyboard and mouse yeah. and you can have a weird, crappy desktop experience while not actually having access to your phone. It yeah. was not great. So, it, yeah, so this be is better. a
0: welcome, yeah, this is a uh-huh. welcome improvement. Now on the Tab S7 Plus, when you snap on the keyboard, Dex now launches automatically because, mm. duh. Um, and they added support for things like multi-finger gestures on the trackpad. So now you can swipe up and down with two fingers and launch the app drawer from the home page. You can switch between apps, you know, much more intuitive. those are uh, ipad
1: gestures by the way those are clearly ipad gestures but they're also
0: windows gestures like i'm using i'm switching from a pc to the dex and it it was fine i just Mm -hmm. think that i I still ran into some issues now i will say that the uh software that i'm running was not uh final right this is a hands-on preview unit uh samsung is really quick to caution (laughs) that we don't draw any like final impressions off of this I'm waiting I, to I see. I like how
1: Samsung's new strategy is send you things. Is like, guys, uh, is it working? Is it, <laughs> is it, <laughs> just think, tell us. Tell us if it's working. Let's just say this
0: isn't a new strategy. Um, yeah. I will say that, yeah, until this tablet launches officially, they're saying in the fall, but then in the keynote, they said August 21st. I think that's hmm. when you can pre-order it. In that time, I really wish Samsung does something to make DeX better. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I I am already intrigued by other software though, right? Samsung Notes, I was trying to get at with the Note 20 as well, um, has some major improvements, right? First of all, you can import PDFs and annotate them with the S Pen, which is really handy for when you need to sign a document on the go. The other more intriguing thing is audio transcription, it looks like. You can Mm -hmm. pull in an audio recording or record audio from the app. And then as you're recording, write notes and have your notes sync to the time of when the recording is. So like, for example, when you play it back, you remember you jotted down a note at three minutes in. That's super useful. That could be cool. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And it's very similar to otter.ai and other services like that, like Google's recorder app already. But for Samsung to do it and seemingly do it better because they're allowing time save, right? I, I just can't wait to check that out.
1: We'll see. We'll see. This sounds like one of those things that makes a great demo. And then once you start using it, who knows well, yeah. how realistic it actually is. One thing about Notes, too, uh, that Microsoft partnership goes all the way to Notes. Like, that's going to sync to Outlook. Your yep. Samsung Notes are going to sync to OneNote. And yep. that is... Yeah. LiveSync. That's some useful, like usability stuff for um for pc users like when you're going back and forth from devices just shout out to that what are the prices for these things Sherlin? and how do you think they compare to basically to the ipad pro which seems like what
0: they're fighting against i uh no i know that they compare actually to the ipad pro they're a little bit cheaper than the ipad Mm -hmm. pro i remember it was yeah it was a bit like about like $8.99 $8.99 or $8.49 starting price with for the larger one, and then up around the $6.99 or 649 dollars for the uh, smaller S7. But it's that price reasonable. does not include the keyboard. No! Comes, I know, I know. I hate but hate this. this. Is similarly to the iPad Pro, though, you kind of have to shell out I extra. I hate this for the, so
1: much. But, but okay. Samsung
0: does throw in the S Pen for that price. So I guess that's nice. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo.
1: Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. Anyway, so new premium tablets from Samsung. Uh, we'll see how they hold up, especially I'm looking forward to your full review. I want to play with these at some point. I wish Android tablets didn't just die. Google gave up on them and that's why they died. So A lot of
0: people gave up on them.
1: Yeah, yeah I still love them. Okay, real quick, Sherlyn, um, because we spent so much time on these phones. Right. Galaxy Watch 3, why should I care about it? What's new? And tell us about the Buds Live as well.
0: <laughs> why should you care about the Watch 3? Well, for one thing, you'll get this I don't know. I don't know why you should care. I don't think you're going to care. You're going to love the Apple Watch (laughs) Series 5. I don't know. This is
1: a tech reviewer just giving up. You just threw up your hands like, I don't know why you should care about this.
0: Because I think the main thing with the Watch Uh 3 is that it gets a set of improvements that seem piecemeal, but together I think make it a better health tracking device. Sure. Um, The hardware is largely the same. Quick note, that name is confusing as hell. Mm. I've got people on my Twitter mentions telling me to talk about this. Yes, it is so confusing. It's the Galaxy Watch 3, but technically it's only the second Galaxy Watch, right? Right, And
1: right. then in
0: between, you've had the Galaxy Watch Active and the Watch Active two wasn't so there a gear
1: watch two at one point but the yeah. gear
0: the gears before they renamed everything to the galaxy yeah. watch so let's let's forget about forget they ever existed <laughs> i guess so we start with the galaxy watch which was launched uh-huh. two years ago then the watch active watch active two and now we've got the watch active three which to samsung is continuity but to me it's that like <laughs> you skip the second listen
1: time. we went from galaxy s10 to 20 we went from note like numbers don't mean anything nothing (laughs) means anything if we've learned anything in 2020 nothing means Uh, anything society is a sham thank you samsung for proving it okay what else
0: we're gonna have to try to keep this podcast short for some reason so you're not going to be able to hear my full thoughts on the watch 3 (laughs) so go over to the website but they're getting a lot of new health tools like the um ecg feature that was already on the apple watch series 4 Mm -hmm. there's an electrode on the uh side of the bezel where there's buttons, you put your finger on there for 30 seconds and you get an ECG reading, similar Mm -hmm. to how the Apple Watch works. This was- Pretty much the same, yeah. yeah. When we were briefed on this a few days before Unpacked, we were told this is uh, awaiting FDA approval but it's going to be available only in Korea at launch. But Mm -hmm. during the event, they were like, and we can say now that it got FDA approval. So, yeah, it feels uh, like at some point they got FDA approval and this will be available in the U.S. in the coming, cool. I don't know, months. Then so you got year old Apple new... Watch
1: feature, great. Sure, okay.
0: but there's there's also another feature that Samsung bar- borrowed from the Apple Watch <laughs> that it didn't talk about during the keynote, uh-huh. and it's trip detection. When I first saw that name, I was confused. I was like, when I'm going on a trip, you're going to like tell if I've left the country or something? What are you talking about? But it's actually their way of rewording Apple's fall detection so when you've fallen down <laughs> they can't say fall detection because that's too apple-esque um but when when you've fallen down um while you're in motion okay they they will you know recognize that and then kind of ping you to see if you're okay and then if you're not they will send emergency alerts to your four um, oh man contacts that you've set up in the samsung health app this
1: by the way is where i feel samsung's language tends to fail because We trip all the time. I trip on the sidewalk. (laughs) I trip on the couch. I trip on all sorts of things. A fall is very different. That is like when you go full flat on your butt or face or something like that is a serious thing where you may need help.
0: I I don't think they
1: quite understand the difference there.
0: Anyhow, that feature has been added. There's also a new blood pressure monitor reading, Mm -hmm. uh, a monitoring feature that uses an algorithm to calculate your systolic and diastolic rates. And that's not going to come to the US just yet. (laughs) It's first available in Korea. It's still pending FDA approval. But no, no, uh, uh, I'm surprised you say that's cool. Uh-huh. You to use this blood pressure monitoring service on the Watch Three, you'll first need to calibrate it with a blood pressure cuff, okay? Before sure. you even use initiate. Because you, you
1: can't really just do it with a device. You need right. the cuff, yeah.
0: Then every month you're gonna have to recalibrate it. So why the hell do I need the watch? I'm just gonna buy they the should, blood
1: pressure uh, cuff. They should give you the cuff with the yeah. watch or something. Anyway, Let me, I, I can't get over the trip detection. By the way, because I want. <laughs> you're so funny. Will, will the watch just like every time I like slip a little on a carpet? Is the watch gonna be like, hey, hey, you okay?
0: Yeah. Are you okay, man? I mean, maybe. After, I after haven't the, used it. It. Is,
1: it is the clippy of very like <laughs> oh um, my gosh, simple clippy. house trips. Like, that's it. It's like, I see you've you've hit your knee on the couch. Are you okay? Are you fine?
0: <laughs> well, they Thank did, you, Samsung. They did go to lengths to explain that their trip detection will only happen while you're in motion, not while you're idle or whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. I still don't know how it will work. I will be Listen, getting some time with a watch. I, I just imagine
1: tripping over my cat and Bixby being like, uh, what happened? Are you okay? I, is your cat okay?
0: I just realized that this means that when I'm reviewing this watch, I'm gonna have to trip <laughs> a few times. Which oh, I'm sorry, I'm guys, not there to
1: just like yeah, throw you over. trip
0: me. Yeah, <laughs> use use your leg to trip me. Um, like, I there's a lot of other new features coming up with the watch three. I, I do want to talk about things like the new health sure. tracking and SPO2 and V2 you're gonna apps, do you things, have a hands on
1: already or is that we coming? Don't,
0: it's it's coming. We Whenever have a sort of light first look kind of uh, story already on the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the hallmarks of the Galaxy Watch line is its spinning bezel. It's back, but it's been slimmed down and it's a little bit different. Um, there's a different feel to it. But I'm getting notes from our producer that I need to hurry the hell up. So. Let's Don't move say on. that on
1: air, Sherlyn. Come on, but okay.
0: I feel pressure, So let's do move this.
1: to the next topic.
0: There are the <sighs> new Galaxy Buds Live, which, like every other company on Earth, Samsung has been making true mm-hmm. wireless earbuds happen. By the way, they well. had
1: to introduce another another freaking name into their lineup because <laughs> we we had the Galaxy Buds. It's I, Galaxy Buds Live. They're, I they're have no idea art. what
0: "live" means here, but maybe uh. it's because we're it's for life i don't know they're live
1: because they're little p-shaped things that look like suppositories so wow that's what you've been saying the
0: rest of the internet has been calling them the beans but anyway we have a review that just went up on engadget.com by our audio guru billy Steele. so make sure to check that out on engadget.com uh he has some thoughts now one of the things about Mm. the galaxy butts live by the way which retail for 169 (sighs) dollars is that they, they promised this thing called open active noise canceling. And honestly, that's very tricky wording. Me. No, yeah, it's tricky wording.
1: An open headphone means you're actually hearing outside noise. Yep. It's more like how the AirPods, the normal AirPods work. Yep. But they're adding noise cancellation to that, which is does not make sense. Because yep. noise cancellation is all about having a seal from the outside world yep. and blocking things out. So there it, is, is, it is vinegar and water, basically, that is, they're mixing
0: a vent on these buds that Uh lets air and sound through so there is no way you can have a noise seal on these things sure sure and so open active noise cancelling according to a lot of people i've spoken to who have been reviewing the buds recently um they're not a lot of people are not seeing a difference at all when you turn on this noise cancelling or not it doesn't
1: that shouldn't work that doesn't make any sense it doesn't
0: make so don't expect that kind of noise cancelling from these buds if you and and you know if you want better battery life and better sound quality and a good noise cancelling well, sort of a noise-ish mm-hmm. seal the galaxy buds plus i think are still very good they don't have actual right. active noise cancelling but they're pretty good at blocking out sound. this is
1: sort of like the difference between the surface headphones the surface earbuds right yeah. and the airpods pro the airpods pro actual noise cancelling the form a seal the surface earbuds were all about having an open thing so you can wear them all day and still hear the world around you. And I think that's what Samsung is going for, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want you to have them in all day. They it's want a different, you to hear the outside world. It's right? a whole
0: different product. So that's why they made it look nicer too. At least that's what, I mean, a lot of people think they do look nice. I know you think they look like suppositories. Yeah. Uh, One quick word. Listen, the battery we're going life. beyond
1: in ear buds into in something else buds, Jeez. basically. Duff. Yeah. keep it PG. The best sound quality, um, the best sound quality. Bone conduction. <laughs>
0: I will say one quick thing, uh, the battery life on this thing is rated for about six hours if you have all of the different always-on features on, eight hours of playback nonstop, and then uh, that's still less than the Galaxy Buds Plus, which were about mm-hmm. 10 and 12 hours. So not don't expect too much of the battery life here.
1: I don't. And what was the pricing again?
0: It was about $169. That uh, so about that is the range
1: we're seeing. $150 to $200 is where yep. you're going to be. Um, we're going to have to do another headphone roundup at some point. For, for yeah. the
0: full breakdown and our review, check out mm-hmm. Engadget.com. Billy Steele's review is already live.
1: Sherlyn, let's talk about the Pixel 4a. You called yes. it the best mid-range the best $350 smartphone. I kind I agree with you. I for once I completely agree with you. But it looks (laughs) fantastic. How like how is it?
0: So my biggest thing about this is that for $350 you're getting a flagship level camera Mm -hmm. and flagship level performance. The hardware itself in terms of the CPU might not be flagship level, but the um camera jesus like it's the same sensor as on the pixel 4 sure, and sure. because of google's processing algorithm um it's just a just much better than any sub 400 hundred dollar camera i've seen yeah and yeah. to me cameras like one of the areas that mid-range phones tend to fall short on and to see this be so much better now in fact again flagship level like i played a game with chris velasco during my review period where i'm like hey bro guess which phone took this picture, the 4 or the 4A, hey. And he only guessed it right like 50% of the time. Oh, really? So that's telling because sometimes he was like, this is a 4A. No, this is a 4. And it's like, it's so hard to mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. Um, that th- These are the two main things for me, right? Camera and performance. But you also get what is Google's first true all-screen phone. This is a 5.8-inch display. Uh, it's, a, it's an OLED and... Actually, let me. No, nope, I don't fully. Nope. Actually, I'm yeah, not sure it's if it's an OLED. I'm almost 100 percent sure for, th- for
1: 350. You know what? Let let's, me double let's check. Go. You, you, know double check right you know what's the funny thing?
0: You know what's the funny thing is that like I just wrote this review not that long ago, and I can't okay. remember because my head is full of Samsung we facts right now. We all write our
1: reviews in fugue states, so it's like oh I go back gosh. and see something I've written a year ago and have no recollection of that at all.
0: Review. Oh yeah, it is an OLED, so it's a full okay. HD plus. OLED with a cutout uh, transmissive hole—they're calling it for the camera on the front.
1: That's pretty hot. For three hundred and fifty dollars. For three hundred and fifty bucks, because compared to that to the iPhone SE two that uh, producer Ben has recently acquired, that is still rocking the old like iPhone eight oh, case, yeah. basically. Ben
0: Ben right? asked me to shame Sorry, him for getting the iPhone <laughs> SE twenty twenty edition, and bro... just in terms
1: of design and looks, like yeah, this is the better option, clearly.
0: Yeah. Um. I would say that, like, the design is so much more modern thanks to this Mm all-screen look. And we have, you know, we don't have the same hardware. I say we like I'm part of this team. (laughs) Uh, The Pixel 4a doesn't have the same hardware in terms of a a high-end processor like the iPhone SE does, right? That one's the high-end A13, I believe, um, chipset, which powers Mm -hmm. the likes of the 11 Pro. Um, But you know, software here makes all the difference. Not only does it make the OS, which is Android 10, run really fast, but it also makes the battery somehow last longer. Battery yeah. life was a huge concern for Pixel devices. The 3 was dismal. The 3 and 3XL were bad. The 4, it's where Google started to make some improvements and the 4XL. Uh, the 3a was fine too but the 4a honestly like i won't say it blew me away <laughs> like it wasn't the longest lasting but it beat the iphone se um and it generally sticks around for uh, a day and a half easy it's right pretty good. It's the- i kind
1: of want to i want to get this for my wife because she is unfortunately staunch team android which makes it really hard for our devices to coexist in the world um yeah but also, this is one of the smallest Android devices out there right now, too, right? For people who want yeah. that pint-sized phone, this is a good—it's a good thing for small hands, I just imagine.
0: Yeah, um, it's—I love the size. And one mm-hmm. of the things, this is one of the things Google had to do to cut down production costs, which is like they had to minimize everything to just one variant. Mm-hmm. There is just one size, so there's only the Pixel Four A and no Four A XL. <laughs> And again, like most mid-range phones from big makers like Samsung, OnePlus, and uh, Apple even are mm-hmm. in one size. So that's not sure, a huge deal. Sure. But there's also only one color variant. It's only in this just black, uh, very basic-looking color, that's which is because, sad.
1: Yeah, people would jump, they, they would jump on different colors. People want to personalize these things so many, in so many ways. Most people will probably put a case on it too, so you can always yeah, do that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So the. Give me um, OLED
1: rather than multiple colors. I'll take that trade off any
0: day. That's what I think. I think that yeah. Google trimmed the right fat here. I think that Google was able to you know, determine what's important to people and then give us what matters. So what matters to me, even though the battery size technically is a little bit small, it's 31, 40 milliamp hours, but they've worked hard to make that last a little longer. Now, caveat here that I think over time, this number will fall. I think that the battery performance will deteriorate, but every phone deteriorates over time. So that's par for the course. Um, What else about this guy? I mean, one thing that concerns me is that it doesn't actually have water resistance Mm. um, rated. I have had this thing fall like two mm. or three times now because I'm very that's, careless.
1: That's the red flag because uh, it, unfortunately, one of the phones I bought my wife at one point, she left outside in the rain. Like things, things, especially if you have things a baby happen. around, like things happen.
0: Phones yeah. get wet.
1: And I feel like the basics of water resistance is a, a thing we should have in all of our devices. Yep. So that's sad.
0: Okay. I, I, I will say the um the water resistance is, is like an issue for me but Uh the durability is not Uh bad at all again like i said like this thing has fallen on its face on its back a couple of times and not a scratch whereas the oneplus nord (laughs) has already got deep scratches on its face and matt smith our reviewer for the oneplus Nord, didn't even drop it so yeah uh, by the way that is
1: my experience with every single oneplus device as great as they look like you put that in your pocket in a jeans pocket for a week it will come out somehow. The screen is cracked somehow. Like an edge is like has a big, you know, gash on it. So
0: yeah, yeah, that is uh, what
1: you give up with OnePlus, unfortunately. I know it has nicer, its fans, but yeah,
0: it, it's a nicer build and everything, and it's got nice colors and it's got more cameras on the back. But mm-hmm. it's also not available in the US and it costs fifty dollars mm-hmm. more. Again, not a big big deal, but still still yeah. something that some people will be concerned about in terms of build. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I wanted to shout out on the pixel 4a the fingerprint sensor y'all i mean mm-hmm. i love it i love i maintain that like fingerprint sensors still need to be around for a while i yeah whether you move it to under the display or you move it to i don't know somewhere else i think especially given we're all wearing masks now and will be for a while um fingerprint sensor is just very important <laughs> it's good to have options and then there's also the yeah. headphone jack Which one of our listeners? Yeah, one of our listeners emailed us a while ago saying that he's very concerned that they're going away forever. They are going away, but you'll still have one new phone to buy before it fully goes away. And I think that should be this phone.
1: I'm really digging it. Um, Yeah, I want to. I want to get my hands on it too. I miss the. It used to be. I feel like we were really working hard to get phones down cheaper and more accessible. And then Google shifted. Like they made the the Pixel line a little more expensive. You know, the things were on the Nexus line and then phones started going beyond a thousand dollars. And I feel like we went into crazy town. Give me cheaper phones. The hardware can be cheap. It can be affordable and more accessible to people like that's what I I want.
0: Yeah, I think there is something to be said about trying very hard to make a good phone with what you're given and what you've got and uh, Google is trying to do that with the Pixel 4a. And mm-hmm. we have an article from Chris Velasco, because we did an interview with Google's um, lead product managers on this thing, uh, about how it was able to get the device so cheap. Because they set themselves, what they told us was they set themselves a target to make this the mm-hmm. best phone they could for $400. And then Google's like engineers went about and did such a great job that they were able to just be like, hey, we can actually make this for $350, so let's That's do amazing. it. Sure. That's amazing, sure. To me, incredible. And a lot of it is software. Now, speaking of software, I also, there's a lot of things to shout out about this thing. <laughs> One of the things that blew me away about the Pixel 4a is the software. I love the Pixel UI. I love, and there's a lot of features there that help Google set its Pixel series apart from other Android phones. So you've got things like, you know, you already had things like call screening and the new assistant, which is available on the 4a. Uh, but with the 4a, they introduced live caption for calls. To me, this is huge. To me, I firmly believe any accessibility tool we can include in our devices that will really help people is important. We have to have it in every phone. Sure. Live caption was already on older Pixel phones. Now it's mm-hmm. getting rolled out for calls. So, you know, one of the issues they, you know, with why they couldn't add it to phones before was that it would screen would come up with captions for people talking to you on the phone and that would be able to be screenshotted so that's kind of dicey there's issues of consent there's issues of letting the person know they're being recorded or something like that so google's found a workaround whenever you have your live caption for calls on on a call which by the way works on cellular voice apps video apps whatever it is Mm -hmm. Um, Google will first alert the person you're talking to that you're using live caption for calls and that what you say will show up, what they say will show up on your screen. Okay. Um, and then, you know, take over. So the transcription wasn't completely accurate it's just if you've used recorder app if you've used any of google's voice-to-speech features or voice-to-text features you'll know that is about 95 percent. that's accurate. cool
1: that's cool is it does this do any translation yet because i know that's a big yeah i know thing. i know
0: yeah. that was uh, one of the things i i asked them too and it's not yet not but yet My, microsoft
1: like is doing that it. like microsoft i love this voice tech and i love that microsoft I and know. google are kind of like pushing each other to see yes. who's doing best Microsoft brought in live, basically live transcriptions of Skype, I believe, and more translation tech. I don't know like how well that works. I haven't been able to test it, but I do know that they've been exploring it. This is the future of our tech, you know. Like when we can travel again, I want to have. Yeah. Can, I can't wait until I can have actually have like live subtitles too. Like when yes. I go somewhere over my uh, augmented reality glasses. Yes, yeah. please. This is where I we're don't... going.
0: That's the world we're we're headed towards. I I do think that I I make a big deal of live caption and live caption for calls as being an important accessibility feature, and it is for people who are hard of hearing and deaf. But mm-hmm. it's also useful for just everyone. If you're on an airplane and the you know jet engine noise is just too loud, and you just want to hear what's going on in this <laughs> video, and it works for videos that you've had on your phone, right. not even you know streaming on YouTube or whatever, um, it will work. It'll show you you know as a backup for what you need to hear or see it works in subway stations noisy cafes wherever you don't want to have the audio out or you can't hear the audio you need live captions it just is useful so mm-hmm. i think this is thoughtful on the part of google and companies like microsoft as well i want to see more of this
1: yeah and great phone overall a nice return a uh, nice return to form for google basically
0: yeah i i agree okay. i mean there's just for the price, there's no better phone. Sorry, Ben, who just got the iPhone SE 2020. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sorry, everybody who got the iPhone SE 2. Uh, technically, a faster processor, but it's a it's a it's a phone. Like I don't know how much you're really gonna really gonna push that hardware. You know, like the I camera love, matters more, the form factor matters more.
0: I would love to eventually hear from Ben uh, how much yep. battery life he's getting out of the iPhone SE on a daily basis because it doesn't sound like it was any. It, was, it sounded like it was doing half of what the Pixel 4A is oh, getting. Boy. So, oh
1: boy, okay, let's see. Yeah. Speaking of Apple and speaking of the <laughs> iPhone, uh, there, there was a bit of an Apple refresh this week, which really felt like they're, they're doing the anime thing. They're doing Notice Me Senpai. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I have hardware, too. Uh, that is a last-minute refresh of the 27-inch iMac, and also the 21.5-inch iMac is getting some updates, too. Nothing super exciting. The design is the same as before. The cool thing is they finally have the 10th gen Intel chips, mm. and I feel like that's a significant thing. These, this may be the final big Intel refresh before they start moving to ARM right,
0: right. next
1: year. I still, I don't think that's happening. That feels like it's it, it's it's like the equivalent of like Babe Ruth like pointing to you know to out and like saying I'm gonna swing the ball that hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna have those chips ready to power something like an iMac by next year maybe yeah, they'll surprise know. us um first of all it's weird that they even told us that that was happening and would be coming uh yeah i don't know but anyway these sound like good iMacs good updates overall 10th on intel chips ssds are standard it is nice. 20- 20 20 And it took Apple until 2020 to make SSDs standard on their, like, very popular all-in-one PCs. I'm a bit shocked by that um, because by now we're into, like, the second generation of SSDs. We're now into, like, (laughs) talking about the faster NVMe SSDs that give you, like, near PCIe speeds. Like, they're faster than the old SSDs that were, like, shaped like laptop hard drives. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're at that point now, and Apple is like, hey, okay, yeah, I guess (laughs) let's make them standard. Anyway... That's I, nice.
0: I think our uh, editor-in-chief, Dana Woolman, was working on coverage, and she brought uh-huh. up the fact that this has a 1080p webcam.
1: Which... Hey, amazing. Hey, well you, you know what's crazy? All of Apple's machines, even the excellent MacBook Pro 60-inch that I love, you know, that thing, expensive computers, amazing computers, 720p webcams. It's like Apple, Apple was just stuck with that sensor, and they just never wanted to move on. Uh, so, yeah finally they have 1080p in one of their built-in webcams in 2020. Yeah. It took you long enough Apple, you know. A lot of, we did, a lot of laptops
0: don't have good webcams anyway, so Most good for laptops them.
1: don't have good lap, yeah. don't have good webcams, but I feel like all-in-ones try a little harder yeah. usually yeah. and yeah, certainly if I buy a MacBook Pro, I'm expecting something better than, you know, a typical crappy PC webcam. True. But anyway, we've seen um, some footage too from Dana on this webcam and it looks good. It looks it good. It looks like a great Like a great standalone webcam, which is exactly what you'd want these days. So these are exciting. You've got Radeon Pro 5300 graphics, 5500 XT. Like you can get decent graphics in there. Those are some of the new like AMD RDNA cards. So decent performance for you know video for for video work and compute computation work. You're not really going to be playing games on Macs unfortunately. Like Apple's just never been into that. But hey. New IMAX, they're cool. They're they're better for people who just really, really cannot live without an iMac. So we'll see what next year brings. I feel like that's the big one. In some big news this week, the Trump administration is really trying to, uh, I don't know, put its thumb on the scales of tech. Uh, we learned, just as we were starting to record uh, this morning, um, the Trump administration started talking about extra restrictions they want to place on Chinese companies, effectively creating a a technology wall against Chinese companies. And that means like getting them to remove their apps from U.S. uh, devices and U.S. stores and also blocking China from having access to apps in the U.S. This seems like complete make-believe, but this is not surprising given like the, the sort of like, I don't know, political... Wall building philosophy they've really been going with. What do you think, Shirlin? Does this seem feasible or anything?
0: First of all, I don't like the wall analogy.
1: The wall, like, just yeah. stop
0: it. Like the- we're building, like
1: Trump wants to build his own great firewall. Stop it I with guess, your walls, which is okay? Not great. But anyway, yeah.
0: um, I think it's pretty ridiculous to expect that you can completely cut off a country as big as china from you know accessing your country in terms of its technology services and devices like you're basically saying that no we don't want any of your stuff we we don't see any of your stuff being potentially useful to us ever at all and that's completely untrue they given the state of the
1: world yeah yeah
0: chinese products are in this country already if you're gonna have this weird fear about everything that's made in Mm -hmm. china then like I'm sorry, but your entire house might need to be taken apart. Um, <laughs> All your devices
1: are being manufactured in China, most likely. So, there's,
0: what I've, are you gonna do? The article that went up today, uh, based off of the NPR interview, talks about how you know there's, um, and I want to pull up the correct quote here so that I'm not uh, misquoting anyone. the The article is it was infuriating for me to read it's well um, and this
1: by the way was a radio piece so this is the written transcription let me just say i woke up this morning i was brushing my teeth (laughs) and then just hearing i was like okay i saw i heard the headline trump administration wants to block more chinese companies and then they just go into it and it's just like trying not to choke on my toothpaste while i roll my (laughs) eyes at how stupid this all is like that's what i was doing this morning
0: so uh, it doesn't sound like, uh, you know, uh, the host, Sabri Benisher was speaking with Marketplaces, Scott Tong, who just mm-hmm. also knows what's going on. He's not involved with the administration, doesn't seem like though. So he was saying no. that the rationale, Scott Tong said, the rationale is that the U.S. needs clean networks, in quotes, <laughs> to guard Americans' data and the secrets of U.S. companies. So the plan might be to remove untrusted Chinese apps from Apple and Google app stores, including TikTok and WeChat, To stop american apps from installing on chinese brand phones to limit these chinese cloud service companies from accessing data here and to protect data on undersea cables from china Um, Undersea cables
1: which by the way google is going to be launching a new undersea cable soon so but that is a thing that is an important bit of connectivity but this seems insane
0: then my favorite part is where uh, tong is also asked in this npr interview what's the evidence that these chinese tech firms are harmful and Tongos uh, were still waiting for that in many cases. With Huawei, the government has yet to produce a smoking gun. Same with TikTok. Surely, yeah. there's evidence of hacking into networks. All countries, including the including China and the US, do that. Yes. As by by, as, by the way,
1: that that is true. Like every every major country yeah. has like a frenemy relationship with each other, and uh, a what lot of it's Russia? just like I'm, I'm hacking, I'm hacking your network, and then your security people go like, we see you, and then they wink. And then you hack them and it goes back and forth. And that's a whole other topic. And that's like a deeper thing, but that is, I don't know, uh, casual espionage, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, this whole thing is crazy. And let's bring up t- TikTok yes. too, because what happened since in the last <laughs> week, in the last week of news, we heard uh, after months of basically saying he wants to ban TikTok, Trump uh, said last week that, oh yeah, they want to shut down TikTok entirely. Then on Friday and Saturday, we start to hear more news like, oh, maybe Microsoft could be the one to kind of take it over. Um, if TikTok, if ByteDance sold us operations of TikTok, like it could still continue running in this country. Uh, and Microsoft came out of nowhere. It's like See? they were hiding behind a curtain, just <laughs> ready to snap this up. Um, we started hearing that Microsoft would be into it. Then Sunday night, around 8 p.m., I saw an update on on my Twitter that Microsoft confirmed in a letter that it was working together with the Trump administration. Satya Nadella has talked with Trump um, to take over TikTok, and they're still trying to figure out a deal with Baitan. So they're in discussions, but they're aiming to close discussions by September 15th. And that means they will either buy TikTok um, or just fail and somebody else could do it too. Uh, That. This I, is where we're at right now, and this is wild that so much has changed in the past week. What's while, up? What, what while do you think, the
0: Dylan? yeah, there's so many, to talk, so much to talk about. This two real quick things from the <laughs> land of Twitter. Um, one, as the Microsoft, um, you know, potential acquisition rumors were flying around, people were like. Oh, what other companies might be interested? Snapchat might have been interested, it seemed, but then I like how Apple came out and was just like no. straight up, yo, we're not interested. No, no interest, guys. That was great. Um, yeah. and then we the other thing. Tried social
1: was... networks, not our thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> good. They know what they're good at. Great. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is uh people around Twitter obviously immediately were like Yo, I want to check out your LinkedIn on TikTok. Like, just that that very unholy matrimony of LinkedIn <laughs> and TikTok. And then all these Steve Ballmer uh, videos are coming up. And they were like, Steve Ballmer data, would have been data, perfect data, for TikTok. Data, so data, good. Data.
1: But just, really, so real quick, thanks. let's just say, I feel like that is the ultimate thing. We have no idea what Microsoft is going to be doing. No. Uh, it's not just the U.S. They'll be taking over TikTok, I believe, in Canada and New Zealand and a couple other countries, too. It is really the data. And what TikTok unearths for Microsoft, especially from a younger audience, that could be really powerful as it helps yeah. Microsoft like try to figure out new products and how yeah. maybe by learning these TikTok memes, you will learn features you want to put into like Windows, you know, uh, the movie editor or something like things people will actually want to use. Right. So that's the data we're really looking at. Who knows where all this is going? Uh, let's move on to what we're actually working on to. Sherlyn, this entire episode has been what you're working on. Is there anything oh, okay. else you want to shout out?
0: I mean, yeah, I just got in the Galaxy Watch three and the <laughs> Note Twenty Ultra. Uh there Coming is soon. no there is no deadline uh really on some of these things. So you can keep watching me drip feed information. I will definitely be talking about it on our site and on my social media, but there's okay. still more that I can't talk about either. So
1: There's more. So much more. And yeah, we're expecting a lot of different news next week, too. So yeah, I'm gearing up. Next week sounds busy. Uh, A lot of stuff we can't talk about yet, but sounds like it's going to be news-heavy. And uh, I also just wrote up uh, Disney's earnings this past week, where they announced that the live-action version of Mulan, which has been delayed for a while, is actually coming to Disney Plus on September 4th for an additional $30. And I feel like that kind of broke it broke my brain a little and it broke like (laughs) entertainment journalism because we were like yep wait what you've never you've never talked about having additional like products for sale within disney plus um and to clarify yes you will need a disney plus subscription subscription to buy this thing so that's seven dollars a month plus or and or you know um the 70 dollar annual plan and disney confirmed to us that this is not a rental You'll be able to have access to the movie, I think, maybe until it actually becomes a part of the Disney Plus library. Well, so they said like something like three or four months. Yeah. As long but as you, have you have access a- as long as you have a Disney Plus subscription, yep. which to me seems, uh, you know, bleep me, effed. Uh, but that's basically, <laughs> that's what it is. That's insane. You would never need uh, a subscription to watch something on iTunes or Vudu. So I wrote a piece about this um, basically saying Disney has no clue what they're doing with Mulan. And I think that is the case. I think like there's a lot going on that's up in the air here. They're kind of experimenting, but it is wild to me that Disney never officially announced this. There's no tweet. There's no like written evidence of mm-hmm. them saying they're going to do this. It was Bob Chapik on the earnings call just saying, "Hey, Mulan, September 4th. What do you think about that, everybody?" Uh, there's no press release. There's no like actual documentation for any of this. Maybe and they're we...
0: leaving room for them to change their minds. Oh I no,
1: they're definitely leaving room for like, Oh, we're just going to not do this or like change history. Or if it fails, And I don't think it's going to fail, but if they fail, they could be like, well, Hey, did we really try that? You know, <laughs> um, it's all, <laughs> it's all happened. weird, uh, yeah. but go check out my piece. It's a uh, very ranty because I just think Disney's kind of making this up as they go along. I feel like that's dangerous and they haven't fully thought this through. Um, it is a good deal for families, 30 bucks for a new movie you know, for a family that is a lot cheaper than going to the theater and buying snacks and bringing the kids and managing the kids and everything. That's true. That's so I, I think on a broader level, it is good, but they need to deal with the access problem. And I think they need to link up with movies anywhere, which is, I think that's a property. They're like directly in control of at this mm-hmm. point. If you bought it on Disney plus linked it to movies anywhere. And then like, okay, afterwards could view it on the iTunes or Rudy or something after. If you quit Disney plus, that's fair. That yep. seems fine to me, but right now it seems like they have no plan. it's a, they're like a chicken running around headless. It's just it's insane right now. so oh boy keep an eye out for more details on that. So let's move on to our pop culture picks for the week. Um, So much tech. I feel like, (laughs) oh man, this is why uh, movies and TV are such a break for me. So I want to talk about I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which I know you've recommended already, Sherlyn. It's on HBO, but this is the, you know, docu-series based on Michelle McNamara's book about hunting for the, uh, the Golden State Killer. Basically Um, it is, first of all, it is one of the darkest and craziest things I've seen in some Mm -hmm. time. Uh, It is, genuinely scary mm-hmm, um how mm-hmm. she goes into how she's basically um followed a serial rapist and murderer uh, followed the evidence tried to figure out who he was and yep. she is somebody who's really into true crime i think yep. it's a really well-made documentary and she sadly passed away a couple of years ago yep. so yep. her book came out you know posthumously and, mm-hmm. and yep we they found this the golden gate yeah. killer right so Nancy like killer, yeah. based on a lot of her work so the show itself is good. Uh, it is terrifying. It is a, very disturbing, but I think it is worth watching, just to just to see like how somebody can explore the dark side of humanity. And on a brighter note, I want to bring up Black is King, which is on Disney Plus, and this is Beyonce's visual concept album. That's sort Woo! of like um, it is her live action interpretation of The Lion King, basically, Amazing. and it is it's beautiful. The soundtrack is excellent. It's based on the album, I think it was called The Gift, the album that came out alongside the live-action Lion King or the CG animated Lion King uh, that she was a part of. Uh, It is her kind of retelling the story um, based also on African myth and African religion and culture and things like that, too. So it's a visually lush, beautiful, incredible-sounding Um, you know, piece of art, and she's credited with directing it too, along with some like visual artists. There's some amazing work here, so it's a great thing to just like turn on, let yourself get swept up by it. It's not the sort of thing, you know, to me, it's like an experimental art piece. Do not worry about narrative, like do not worry about pieces connecting together. Go for the ride, enjoy the journey, enjoy the visuals. I think it's fantastic, and that's on Disney Plus right now. You don't have to pay an extra thirty dollars to see that. (laughs) It's just there. So yeah, enjoy it. And Sherlyn, what's up with you?
0: Yeah, Twitter was a buzz with Black is King. Now, I I, mm-hmm. I saved my recommendation to hide from Davenger, as always. I Which have is now
1: your thing. You just want to hi- you want to surprise me with these I recs do. every time. So go for it.
0: I have three things. One main thing and two quick shout outs. <laughs> I saw Fast Color on Hulu for the first time. So good. Uh, it's so good. Very enjoyable. So good. Very, mm-hmm. very Homecoming-esque in its storytelling, but mm-hmm. very nice uh, superhero type show, but very low-key. It's it
1: like a low-budget superhero movie yeah. about motherhood, and I oh, love yeah. it. Oh, yeah.
0: Beautiful. Well-acted, well-performed, beautiful work, uh, mm-hmm. the, and the special effects were great. The other one I wanted to shout out was, everybody's seen this already, The Umbrella Academy Season sure. 2 was nice. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I saw all this during the weekend when I had time to take a quick break (laughs) from all of this work that I was killing myself over. Uh Um, But Umbrella Academy, nice development for all the characters. If you enjoy the first season, you enjoy the second one. Now, my main Mm. recommendation is something I'm pretty sure Devendra and you, dear listener, have not heard of. It is this series called Invisible Stories on HBO. Devendra, have you heard of it?
1: I've heard of it, yeah.
0: So this (laughs) is near and dear to my heart. It's Uh from a Singaporean film maker and it's about some uh, people living in a housing estate in Singapore it's six short stories that aren't really that connected so it's more like an anthology series but each story features a different person from the housing estate in Singapore and this the title kind of tells it all right invisible stories Mm -hmm. now you might know Singapore for how it's responded to COVID-19 you might know Singapore for the ridiculous fines we pay for things like littering or you might know Singapore from crazy rich Asians. But this <laughs> this Singapore in Invisible Stories is the Singapore no one gets to see. Even in Singapore, it is sanitized. The government really doesn't like people seeing this side of Singapore. It is mm-hmm. stories of people struggling with mental health, which is so stigmatized in Singapore. It is stories of sex workers in Singapore who, you know, or immigrants who are trying to make it, you know, make a living in Singapore so they can send their money home to their other family in other parts of asia and these are you know for me i was very privileged growing up in singapore i didn't see a lot of this what the filmmaker calls the underbelly of singapore i didn't see a lot of this growing up because again i was very privileged i had friends and you know acquaintances who lived in these situations but just not me and i was so lucky to just not be able to have seen a lot of that growing up but watching this show uh, the other thing I like about it is it's so authentic. It's mm-hmm. really a Singapore show. You, you'll you hear that we don't all speak in English all the time. There are no British accents. Uh,
1: <laughs> crazy Rich
0: Asians was ridiculous because we're like, well, where are all these accents coming from? It's This is real. And I can speak in my real Singaporean accent after this uh, quickly. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... It's also a mix of languages like Hokkien, Chinese, Malay. We all speak all these different languages as a hodgepodge. This is our national culture. I've never seen a truer representation of Singapore um, done like this. So really, if you're interested, not even just to get to know Singapore better, as an, see another dimension to it, but these stories of these people living their lives, trying their best to, to just kind of make it through life, I think that's, that's like worth watching this uh, series for. It's Invisible Stories on HBO Max.
1: That's cool. I'm looking forward to checking this out
0: too. Tell me what you think. I would love to hear what you think because it's I think it's been really well done. The second episode of the series, by the way, is slightly spooky, which we <laughs> love. Singaporeans sure. love horror, but you know, if you're not, that's not your thing, skip the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for our episode today, everyone. Thank you as always for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elm. You can find Davindra online at...
1: At Davindra on Twitter. And I chat about movies and TV at the filmcast at slash film.com.
0: If you want to engage me all about the secrets of Singapore and all of the Singaporean stories that you have, <laughs> you can hit me up on Twitter at Sherlyn Lowe. Email us your thoughts at podcast at engadget.com. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes. And subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. Singaporean accent, okay. Usually when I go to Taiwan, right, I will go to Singapore afterwards. So I will see my family, I will see, you know, I'll go back to Singapore and eat a lot of food. And, like, I usually get very fat. And in Singapore, like, I'm very fat, actually, honestly. And then, like, I, if I go, um, whenever I go back to Singapore, I'll also find some, like, new restaurants. Because they, there's this thing called this pom-pom porridge and it's so delicious my my parents took me to eat i think it was an issue or something and (laughs) i'm getting uh i'm getting messages from our video production crew that i sound like a totally different person and y'all need a whole new like way of identifying who i am